by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling. Yes, it is time for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Peter Burke, host of the DailyGardener.com, a wonderful website. He's here in studio for our live program, In the Garden, brought to you by The Willie Store, your true value hardware store near Caspian Lake in Greensboro, by Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester, Clausen's.com online. By Guy's Farm and Yard, your neighborhood community feed, grain, animal, and yard store. Locations in Morrisville, Montpelier, St. Albans, and Williston. Guy'sFarmandYard.com Grow compost with compost soils and mulches on Route 2 in Waterbury. GrowCompost.com PR Lumber, your local complete lumber store right there on Route 15 in Wolcott. By Menards Agway, your yarn and garden and pet place, Brooklyn Street, Morrisville. By Blossom Cottage Florist, top quality flower arrangements and more on Route 302 in Barry, and also Taste of the North at that same location and online at tasteofthenorth.com. By Linda's Apparel, bursting with vibrant colors, stylish accessories, sparkling jewelry, and the most captivating collections of ladies' fashions around. They're on Main Street in Virgins. By Jail Branch Greenhouse, perennials, annual soils, and great selection. Route 302 in Barry. And your locally owned Agway store, seeds and feeds, and a whole lot more on Route 2 in Montpelier. Telephone lines are open. We invite you to call locally the 802 number 244-1777 or toll free from anywhere 877-291-8255. We are streaming worldwide on the internet at wdevradio.com. And right now, here's Peter Burke. Hey, thanks, Joel. Um, yeah, streaming live and... Uh I wanted to let the folks know that if for some reason they are not around at 1230 on Saturday, they can hear the show on a podcast. And all you have to do is go to the WDEV website, RadioVermont.com, and um, you can see the icon for In the Garden Show right across the top. And click on that and choose episode one, more or less last week, is there. And the whole thing is... Uh, you know, the whole thing is there. And I, I'm really grateful to WDEV for doing that because I've had a lot of people say, gee, I just wasn't able to, you know, get there uh, at 1230. So anyway, if um, if you want to hear the show or there was something there that you want to listen to again, um, the shows are podcast right on the website. Joel, you got a phone call there? We have a caller on the line. Wow. Yes, indeed. Oh, right off the bat? Right off the bat. And now i got to make sure <laughs> I got this right here. Well, we'll give it a try. We'll give it a try. We're having a little telephone thing, and uh, I haven't had a dry run yet, so yeah, okay. our guinea pig, unfortunately, is Bill in East Roxbury. Bill, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Hey, Bill. How are Hi, you doing? Good. Uh, my question concerns parsnips. Um, previous years, I've grown parsnips, and they've been perfectly shaped and getting a good quantity of them. 
Uh, last spring it was very wet, so I had to plant parsnips a second time. I uh, covered them with leaves over the winter, and when I uncovered them a week or so ago, uh, most of them were uh, almost like a mongrel fruit. It had a lot of what I'll call arms and legs off the sides and off the bottom, and I don't know what would have caused that. And the uh, quantity of parsnips was down considerably from previous years. Mm-hmm. So you're wondering what, what caused that? Yes, yeah. Um, we can guess, you know. Uh, I can't really be sure what would cause that. Uh, it's possible that um, there was a lot of nitrogen in the soil and that they grew um, a lot of extra roots just because they were overstimulated in a sense. Yeah. The parsnip is not a heavy feeder per se. Um, it could be it was a bad year. You know, yeah. the, and that, and that's uh, you. You seemed like you had trouble getting them to start in the first place. So. Yeah, that was I think mainly because of the uh, the rain and stuff we had in the spring. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, it was an unusual season last year. I had a lot of people tell me, oh, they couldn't get this to grow, couldn't get that to grow. Um, but you know, that's that's part of gardening. I'm afraid is that some years are better than others. <laughs> so I usually I, I have a very successful garden, but. I was disappointed, you know, especially with the parsnips oh, uh, yeah. um, this spring when I dug them up. Exactly. You were probably, your mouth was watering at those. <laughs> it was, it was. Um, but um, what's your soil, soil checked, like? And then I'll, I'll go from there then, okay? Uh, say again now? I say I'll get the soil checked. And, oh, yeah. And yeah. go from there. Yeah. Um, what kind of, is it just regular garden soil that you it's have? It's just regular garden soil. Uh-huh. Um, I don't put a lot of extra fertilizer. It's probably been three years since I put manure in it. Oh, okay. So that probably isn't the problem then. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, sometimes uh, if you use a soil conditioner like a, a peat moss or vermiculite, if you add that in there, mm-hmm. uh, it'll help that from being too wet. Oh, okay. You know, and it could be that just simply it was too wet a season, and yeah. it uh, it um, uh, encouraged the side shoots. You know, on those, yeah. I assume that the soil is probably pretty nice and and not a lot of rockies. Oh, it's, rockies. it's good soil. It's yeah. dark in color. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a big uh, compost thing that I sift uh-huh. every fall or oh. every spring and yeah. put buckets of. I've uh, got probably <laughs> I'm guessing fourteen hundred square feet of garden, but I, where do you get the seeds? Um, normally at Agway. Uh-huh. Okay. And it's the same seed that you've been using? Nothing different yes. there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hasn't changed. Okay. Um, I don't know. So uh, this is really um, one of the great things about the show is that if somebody does know and has a you know clear idea, please call in and, and uh, help us out here. Right. right now. now the compost that I've sifted, it uh, you know, it sits in buckets in a shed over the over the winter. Yeah. Um, so it's dry when it goes in. Now is that the same as the uh, putting some moss or something in there, peat moss or whatever you said? Well, it's not quite the same because uh, the peat moss and the vermiculite are there to absorb extra water. Oh, okay. Whereas the compost uh, can get a little bit, um, how would you say, saturated. Okay. And. Uh, um, that's that's the beauty of using a, a vermiculite or a peat moss is that it it's like a sponge in there. It'll absorb the extra. Yeah. And, okay. Well, I and, haven't uh, tilled yet because I was waiting for the garden to dry out. A exactly. Bit, uh, right. Right. A little bit muddy at this point, but yeah. Okay, well, well even with a large garden, and, uh, like that. wish you a good day. Oh, okay. Thanks a lot. I appreciate welcome. the call. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye bye. Bye.
I was ready to ask him some more questions. <laughs> he needs to go. He's going right out into the garden. <laughs> That's right. He's going to get right to work. <laughs> well, um, so uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about today, there's a couple of things, but um, who knows if I'll ever get to all of them. One is the is what I consider a very important tool for the garden, and that's a notebook. I know, I know it's not your, your uh, you know, it doesn't sound like much of a tool, like a rake and a hoe, but it's just as, as necessary. And since we're eyeballing the garden plot right about this time, a plan is a good thing for us to do. And uh, I know for you experienced gardeners, you probably have a good idea of what you're going to plant, but still keeping track of what you planted where is really important information when you go to road rotate your crops okay where did i plant that broccoli last year where you know and and the coal plants is probably um you know a, one of the more important ones to rotate because they there are so many diseases that that are harbored in the soil same thing with uh, tomatoes diseases harbored in this harbored in the soil and so it's um um it's just a great way to go back, not just one year, but two or three years, and look to see where you planted what. And uh, in in my garden notebook, right, I have a section for the garden plan, a garden map, a list of seeds that I have, and, and one of my favorites is the notes for next year. You know, it's it's a funny thing is you can sit there in the garden in, in uh, September or October, August and and uh, say to yourself, you know, I should have planted more of this. But when uh, spring comes in April and and you're wondering what was that I was going to plant more of, <laughs> if you have your notes from last year, if you write it down right when you think of it, it's a it's a huge help, and I really have enjoyed that part of my garden notebook. Um, so you just keep your, if you keep your, your plan and your map from the last year, you'll be able to easily, you know, rotate your crops and, and keep track of where you put what. So, I mean, this is, you know, it's, it's not, um, it's helpful. It's not particularly necessary. I also keep a planting log and a bed journal of individual beds. And then I keep an inventory of the different seeds that I have because I uh, will store my seeds over two or three years. I'll get a, a good size quantity. Um, you know, when you look at a, a seed catalog, a lot of times it'll cost you, um, you know, $3 for a, a package of 100 and it'll cost you $4 for a, a jar of 1,000. <laughs> So, you know, it, it makes sense to buy in quantity, but it only makes sense, you know, if, if you know what you have and you store them right and, and you keep some sort of record of what you've got. So that's another thing that the Garden Notebook really is, is, uh, is a big help for. And um, so, oh, you know, it, it just reminded me of something. Uh, we had a call last... Uh, um, um, last week about the carrots, and do you remember that, Joel? The the, the uh, carrots being too small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife reminded me. I was telling her about it, and she reminded me that you have to make sure you go in and thin the carrots carefully when they're still small, and uh, so that you have just only one plant per every three inches. Yeah, that was Rich who uh, called Rich, in. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. And, uh, 
Yeah, I, of course, uh, with my clay soil in Colchester, uh -huh. I'm thinking of the parsnips. I, I get, I get literally left turns and <laughs> smaller, <laughs> smaller crops for the most part, unless I really, really work that soil. Yeah. You know. Uh, yep. But um, that's that's this. Anybody that deals with a, a predominantly clay soil knows that problem. And mm. some root crops you avoid altogether. Uh, you're right. Avoid them altogether. Huh? <laughs> uh, well, that's um, that's maybe part of his problem. I don't know, but it sounded like he had like perfect soil. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I know Rich did uh, certainly. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's uh, very meticulous about yeah, absolutely putting things together, and he's followed uh, uh, your prescription and um, <laughs> um, I think the square foot gardener prescription as well. What's the name? The gentleman's name? Mel. The Mel Bartholomew. Yeah, that's yeah. a great book there. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, you know, I, I know even with in Ed's book, he had those wide rows and the, you know, all of the organic soil and everything. And even uh, he was saying towards the end is he didn't rototill uh, like he used to. And uh, so that's, uh, you know. Ed's garden must be very interesting because he's able to compare. Uh, Ed's uh, son has his own gardening area there. Oh, is that right? And he, he hits the ground with that rototiller every year, <laughs> from what I understand. Ed never does, so they get to compare and, uh, and see you know, which works better. <laughs> well, you know, when it comes down to it, uh, I'm sure every gardener, you know, if you ask uh, 100 gardeners uh, their opinion, you'll get 100 different opinions. So, you know, it's uh, uh, that's the beauty of it. Is you get to do it whatever way works for you. <laughs> well, let's take a break right now. Sure. Uh, invite people to call, of course, uh, at our, our numbers, 244-1777, the 802 number, or the toll-free, 877-291-8255. Peter will be back right after these words. It's garden planning time. Hi, this is Tiffany at Menards Agway. We have everything you'll need from soil and compost to seeds and tools or heat mats and light bulbs to gloves and pots. We have veggie and flower seeds from six different companies so you're sure to find what you need at family owned and operated Menards Agway your yard garden and pet place open seven days a week Brooklyn Street Morrisville don't forget to get your 20 pound propane tank refilled for just $12.99 get a load of the racks at Linda's Apparel a tradition of ladies clothing continues in downtown Virgins at Linda's Apparel and Gifts Spring is in full bloom with vibrant colors, stylish accessories, sparkling jewelry, and the most captivating collections of ladies' fashions around. Soft, eye-catching pastels, effervescent splashes of color, simple to essential, graceful lines, and functional comfort. Freshen up what's in your closet for the warmer days ahead at Linda's Apparel, Main Street, Virgins. It's in the garden with uh, Peter Burke and uh, our good buddy Matt is on the line. Hey, Matt. Are you there, Matt? Yes, I am. Here good we morning. go. Good, good morning. <laughs> well, I, what my question is, is fiddlehead ferns. Uh, uh, I know it's a top secret if you know where they are, but wh when are they coming? Well, <laughs> I actually have a, a beautiful bag of fiddlehead ferns right here in <laughs> studio. And uh, this was uh, from Joel. He grows them uh, out of his backyard. It's oh, coming. It, It'll come about about now. Um, if you have uh, rhubarb, when you see the rhubarb poking its head up, you know that that's the time to start looking for the fiddleheads. Now, a lot will depend, and, and I was just explaining this to Joel, where I live, it's in a 
sort of a there's a, a valley that goes down through from Callis to Woodbury and it's it's cool it's kept really cool and so that they'll be the last ones to show up but a lot of the places where they grow also is is on a, a sort of bottomland around a river and sandy soil and all that kind of place and that's fairly warm so those should be up right about now Matter of fact, uh, from the look of Joel's, is he's about done with the season. So yeah. you definitely want to get out and start looking. I, and it, I, yeah, I could not pick. I wouldn't be able to pick them uh, next Saturday. I guarantee you, <laughs> it'll be the fern forest by then. Yeah. <laughs> well, they don't last very long. I mean, it's very quick. Uh, they come up, and you got to catch them when they are. They're that, out, ready, I guess. That's right, and that's why you kind of have to look at look for your spots. You know, where's a warmer place? Where's a cooler place? Yeah. And so if your warm places are all up a foot, then you're, you know, you're, you're more than done. And so you start looking for the cooler Matt, places. Matt, I, I packed, I, I um, planted, you know, several knobs or whatever you want to call them. I dug them out of the, where I used to go sneaking around uh, down, <laughs> down uh, <laughs> in the UV protected area down there by Airport Park in Colchester. I figured, you know, a couple of years I missed them all together, so I brought up a couple of plants and I put them in my backyard. If they take, I figured, well, you know, but I put them where they would be in shade, where it'd be a little cooler. Uh, when they came up, I figured then I'd be able to run down and I'd know when they were uh, okay when they were up in the woods. <laughs> I did not expect them to multiply the way they did because I've got about 30 feet by 30 feet of fern forest, uh, you know, once they grow up. And I've got all, I've got more than uh, what our family can eat and preserve. And uh, we, we, some, we make fiddlehead soup out of it with the blender as well. Mm. But uh, uh, I don't know if it would work for everybody to, you know, to, you know, grab some, plant them in the backyard. As soon as you see them coming up in your backyard, run into the woods where you know where your fiddlehead, uh, you know, uh, area is and get them because they're gone in a week. Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. I, I guess it's a good thing to do this weekend. Look for That's right. That's right. <laughs> and check a, a couple of different spots because if some are gone by, then look for a cooler valley. Or, and that's that'll that, make a big difference. That sounds like a good idea. Thank you very much, guys. You're yeah. doing a great job. I enjoy yeah. your program. Hey, Matt, where are you from now? Northfield. Oh, Northfield. Okay, right, right. Okay, great. Well, thank you, and, uh, and we'll talk to you again. Okay. Call thank again. you. Thank you, Matt. Good to hear from you. All right. So let's see now. Planting the garden, right? That's where we were. You ready for a break? Or are you? Oh uh, yeah, we could take a, we could take right. a break right now. All right. Yeah, let's hear from our good friends at the Willie's store. They're one of those places where they have everything. Let's say you need a hinge, a sweatshirt, a birthday card, a new toaster, some sugaring supplies, some local beer or local cheeses and breads, even local greens, roots, and meats. Now let's say you need a new bathing suit or some logger boots, maybe a new onesie for your baby, or stylish Carhartt clothing. What about curry and cumin? Maybe sewing notions. Can you think of one place you can get all of that? Well, I can. The Woolies Store in downtown Greensboro. Did I mention the cheapest gas around? The Woolies Store. If Woolies doesn't have it, you certainly we can get along without it. We sell quite a few of the breeds at the store when we have our chick days in the in the spring. 
you put an order in, then you go pick them up. We've taken the grandchildren with us before to pick them out. We have about probably around 15 chickens. Me and my sister take care of all the animals. For introduction to dealing with a farm animal, chickens have got to be one of the best ways to go. They're actually very easy to take care of. Chick days have arrived, so print order forms online and bring them to any guy's farm and yard location, including our newest store in St. Albans. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and uh, Morrisville, Montpelier, and Williston, the other stores. Williston in my neck of the woods. It's uh, In the Garden with Peter Burke, 244 1777, <laughs> or toll free 877 291 8255. Hey, Joel, um, I just want to take a, a second to thank. Um, I got a very nice letter from John uh, Taylor. And he's over in Montpelier, and he wrote a nice letter about growing onions and uh, carrots. And uh, he likes to, to water them with spring water. And I assume that's versus the uh, water from the tap in Montpelier. But um, he was ex uh, just telling us about his uh, very, very large onions and carrots that he was growing. And uh, he uh, actually planted them in some of his flower beds. And so anyway, I want to thank John for the nice note. And... Um, um, you know, uh, well, congratulated him on such big, yeah, big onions. An avid gardener for a very long period of time. Uh, yeah. mm -hmm. and we thank him for his listenership. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, we, we have a kind of a funky phone system, but it is working. It is working. So I don't argue when it's working. A line is coming in. So your first name in town? Norman, Norm from Bristol. Hey, Norm. What's going on? Uh, I want to ask you about raised beds. I'm thinking about putting one in this year. And I sure. was wondering, like, I think last week you said something about 12 inches high or something like that. Um, you only need six inches high. Most of my beds are are uh, two by sixes, just regular old spruce stud lumber really? from, from the from the lumber yard. And uh, the, uh, that's, that's all that's necessary for most crops. Um, when I mentioned a 12-inch, we were talking about growing things like daikon radishes and very large carrots like the bolero, which will get to be 8, 10 inches. I usually go with the Danvers uh, half-longs for carrots. Yeah, okay, so, you know, the 6 inches would probably be fine. Make sure it's just filled to the top, that's all. Okay, and what, what do you use to fill that with? So I, I have a, a, a mix. It's one-third peat moss, one-third vermiculite, and one-third compost. And then I grow, uh, I, you know, use the eight-footers, the two-by-six-by-eights. Right. Cut them yeah. in half and screw them together, and that gives you a four-foot-by-four-foot four bed. So in that bed, it takes about three five-gallon buckets of compost, three five-gallon buckets of vermiculite, and three five-gallon buckets of uh, peat moss. And that's, uh, that's a formula for uh, a perfect soil, um, and that... The the only thing that I add to that, of course, is I'll put a, a cup of fertilizer, a cup of lime, a cup of sea kelp meal, and a cup of some sort of a rock powder or something called azomite. And I put that in each bed, and I'll, I'll do that annually. Um, so... I can make this down real quick. You said three gallons or five gallons of... Uh, uh, it's... Um, well, it, you know, it's basically 18 cubic feet. So, but what that actually looks like is uh, three five-gallon buckets of peat moss. Okay, gallons of peat moss, right? Okay, and three five-gallon buckets of vermiculite. 
medium or coarse, whatever you can get a hold of. Right, okay. And then three five-gallon buckets of compost. Uh, compost. Yeah. Now, if you start with that, you know, um, all you have to do after that is just, I, I usually add a five-gallon bucket of compost every spring or fall, depending on when I'm emptying out my compost bins. And then yeah. I add that uh, fertilizers, like I was just mentioned, was... Right. Uh, was like an organic fertilizer, one cup. Oh, okay, one cup of organic mm -hmm. fertilizer. Yep, one cup of um, lime, just a powdered lime. And one cup of lime, mm -hmm. Okay, one cup of sea kelp meal, and that has a tremendous number of trace minerals in it, and it's a root growth enhancer. Okay. And then, uh, then I like to add a cup of a rock powder, which is, uh, if, right. you, if you're buying it from Blue Seal Agway, it's called Azomite. It comes in a bag, um, you know. Okay. And so this sets you up right. Um, and uh, um, so if you're doing it, are you doing it where uh, your garden was or are you doing it on your lawn? Probably going to put it uh, on the lawn. Okay. Well, what I did when I started mine, and this was what, in 2005, um, I actually put a sheet of black plastic down and left it there for a couple of weeks. Okay. So that killed off all the grass that was there. Okay, good. So when I put the box right down on top of that, you know. Um, okay. You'd be on bare soil, right? You'd be on bare soil. So uh, I had actually a, a pretty nasty dandelion uh, crop oh, yeah. there. So what I did was I put uh, I put a whole bunch of wet newspapers down at the very bottom of the bed and then filled it with that perfect soil mix. Okay. Kind of just to to ensure that those um, those those dandelions didn't push up through because you know how hardy they are. Oh sure. And that worked great. That worked real good. And then. Uh, you know, with the bed, it's sort of the, you know, the yin and the yang of the, the perfect, uh, uh, I mean, the uh, permanent bed is, is uh, permanent pathways. And what I did okay. in between each bed, I usually put about two feet in between each bed because I, I like the extra room. But you could make it narrower if, you, if you're, you know, an agile young fella like you. Um, so I just put down a, a landscape cloth and then I put a bark mulch right on top of it. Okay. And that keeps down all the weeds. And uh, some people like to grow grass between the beds, but I find that the grass invades underneath the beds oh, and comes sure. up. So that two foot in between the beds and then all the way around the perimeter helps to keep out all your weeds, uh, you know, from from uh, you know from going into the beds. And you know. Sure, sometimes I have to weed a bit, but it really cuts down on the weeding just tremendously. I've got a large piece of black plastic. I could probably spread that out mm -hmm. in that area, and then, you know, I'd have room enough for my raised beds. Yep. And then I would also have uh, walkways, you know, yeah. clear of weeds. So. Yep, you could do that. The the uh, only advantage of a landscape cloth versus the plastic is the plastic won't let the water soak down through. So you'd, you you kind of get a little bit of a puddle in between. So, you know, after you've killed the grass off, you might, if you're going to leave, leave the plastic, then you're going to have to perforate a little bit uh, so I'll the water will go I'll down. I'll probably pull it. Pull it, yeah. Yeah. That's what I did. Okay, then. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. I'm going to get started on mm -hmm. raised beds. I'm having trouble with uh, my garden space, uh, you know, rabbits and that kind of thing. So I think I'm going to put hoops over the top. And yep. 
pre-made cloth, yeah. maybe over the top of that. Well, with a, a four by four bed, um, if you buy the just our three-quarter inch PVC, you know, water pipe, it's a you know, it's a ten-foot length, right. and um, if you stick that on on one side and then into the other, it makes a perfect size hoop. You don't have to cut, you don't have to cut it at all. Oh sure, yeah. And uh, what I do is I take a, um, a you know a two by three fencing, galvanized fencing, and cut it. I think it's about a, a ten foot length too. It matches the it matches those, and then I'll just use a um, you know a, a tie, you know the plastic ties, mm-hmm. and. Um, the zip ties, and then I just tie them on 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 the two uh, those two uh, plastic pipes, and uh, that makes such a sturdy um, uh, hoop that you can lay plastic or the rime or you know whatever fabric you're going to use on that. Yeah, and uh, that is is absolutely you know the best thing permanent. The ones that I've made and have I've had for probably ten years anyway. Yeah. And sure. and they you know they hold up really well in the snow and all the rest you don't have to take them out. Yeah. Okay. All right, Norm. Thank you very Good much. Good luck. Enjoy. Thank Good you very show. much for the call and I uh, appreciate you listening. All right. Bye bye. Okay. Thank you very much. Let's go to another caller and your first name in town. Joe from Sudbury. Hey, Joe. Was that Joe right. or Joel? Joe. Okay, Joe. What's going on today? Of course. Oh, well, I was just listening to your show, Yeah, listening to your program, uh-huh. and I heard you talking about the perfect saw mix. Yeah, yep. And I was always using peat moss to lower my pH. Sure. I was wondering, in your perfect saw mix, have you taken a saw sample to see what the pH is? Um, the, the pH is a, is a little high. And uh, the soil right. underneath, just as, a, a, you know, most of your Vermont soils run a little bit on the acid side. And that's why I add a cup of lime, just to sweeten it up a little bit, make sure. Right. And, well, um, most, of the, most of the soils in my area are more or less on the clay mm-hmm. side of things. Yep. And the pH tends to be very high. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you've got a different situation there, huh? Right, so I need to take a look at the uh, pH. Uh-huh. I'm making recommendations, and also the percent calcium. Yep. Because uh, that should be a very important component. Sure. And the calcium exchange or the cation exchange capacity, which will, you know, reveal to you what is actually going on in the soil. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yes, yeah, soil test. I was concerned about. I was concerned about that, and I was also concerned about the guy with the parsnips. Yeah. About uh, not putting any manure on for three years. Mm-hmm. And uh, having a heavy root feeder. Yep. That may have been sprouting itself, looking for food. Okay. And and I didn't know if he added any amendments to it or not, but I think he might be low in nutrients, so. He did say he was going to get a soil sample. I think that would be a great way to go. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Soil tests are are um, they're they're important certainly to get a, a sense of where your soil is at at a particular time. One of the great things about using that top six inches of perfect soil is you know that it's that it's um, you know it's a 
it's in it's just about as perfect as can be it's basically the same mix that they use in a greenhouse to to start and grow plants and the same thing you'd use in a container to grow plants so you know well if you have one-third peat moss mm-hmm. which is very acidic yeah and you have one-third compost mm-hmm. it tends to be a little bit on the base side kind of on the high side okay vermiculite's not going to add much soil well, structure mm-hmm. soil structure right. so I'd be, I'd be curious to know what the ph is that's all sure and the percent calcium and magnesium yeah, well, that's a that's a great point, uh, Joe, and I appreciate it. Okay, for a perfect soil. There you go. That's what we want. Perfect thanks soil. <laughs> okay. Have a good day. All right. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thank you. Let me just say to people calling, uh, if there's a caller on the line, just let it ring. We will get to you. We really can't answer while someone's on the line, but uh, we're we're doing it, and we'd love to hear from you at uh, 244-1777 or toll-free 877-291-8255. Peter will be back with the second half of the program right after these words. Clausen's is celebrating spring with Clausen Grown Annuals, Perennials, Vegetables, and Herbs. At Clausen's, you'll find festive plants, seeds, colorful pottery, unique gifts and novelty items, as well as fabulous new garden accents and a full-service flower shop. Print out your weekly coupons from Clausen's online at Clausen's.com. Spring is here at Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, 187 Main Street, Colchester. Open seven days a week. Think spring. Think Clausen's. Hello, Ben Patton here from PR Lumber, Route 15, Walker. Our family-owned sawmill has all the lumber for your next project. Rough and planed in dimensional sizes. Spruce, hemlock, pine, and cedar in smooth four sides, V-groove, shiplap, and tongue groove. Five-quarter decking in cedar and tamarack. Be sure to check out our wide pine boards from 14 to 22 inches. Live edge planks available too. PR Lumber, Route 15, Walker. 472-6636, Monday through Friday, 7 to 4.30, and Saturdays from 8 to noon. You are listening to WDEV News Radio, a network of stations owned and operated by the Radio for Mind Group. 96.1 WDEV-FM, Warren and Waitsfield. 96.5 W243-AT Berry. 98.3 W252-CU Montpelier along with our founding station, AM550 WDEV Waterbury, Montpelier, and online at WDEVradio.com. And it is in the garden, and uh, Peter, we have uh, Al from uh, Williamstown on the line for you. Hey, Al. Uh, yes, Peter, I don't know if this is germane or not, but I have a dog, and my lawn is beginning to look like a brown and green polka dot. Is there anything that you can recommend? I understand that dog's urine is very high in nitrogen. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's also uh, it's also pretty acidic, you know, and and that's why it's turning it brown. It's killing the grass because it's like. A, you know, it's like, um, well, uric acid, basically. It's it's just so strong. You know, the only thing you can do really is to, to um, you know, uh, spread some compost on the, and, and replant the seeds or, or just wait until the grass around it grows in. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, go ahead. Okay, question, would lime help? Yeah, yeah. That that's like I said, the, it's uric acid. It's really uh, uh, strong, and and you know it's sort of like pouring Clorox on the on your grass. And, mm-hmm. 
And of course, it just sits there uh, with the snow and all the rest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, so it's always what you're telling me is I got to take a little rototiller and dig up all the spots, uh, and then uh, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, if it's just spots, I'd just take a hand rake and rough it up a little bit, put a little compost in there, and plant a little grass seed, throw a little straw on it, yeah, and you know, you don't really have to use a rototiller. I don't think anyway. Okay. Unless Alrighty. it's a, unless it's a huge patch. And then maybe it would be easier. But, yeah. But even then, I would think just a, a good rake up and, uh, uh, you know, compost and the, the seeds should do it fine. Okay. Very uh, good. Now, I have a different problem is I have where the plow is has peeled back the grass and, and deposited about 10 feet across, beyond the driveway. <laughs> so there's always a little lawn maintenance about this time of year. <laughs> okay. Thank you, and you have a good day. Okay, yeah. Thank you very much, and let's go to our next caller. Uh, your first name in town, please. Oh, this is Norm calling back. I have a question for Peter. Yeah, sure. Well, go ahead. Um, I was writing real fast when you were telling me everything that I needed for the perfect uh, soil. Sure. Yep. Um, there was one thing that I can't even read my own writing, at, <laughs> and you know how that is if you write too fast. I do, yeah. It's probably azomite. That's probably one. No, no? it was the... Uh, after the five gallons every spring, you said there was one cup of something or other, and I can't. Well, exactly. one cup of fertilizer. Okay. Oh, uh, the one cup of lime. Okay, I've got uh, this. One, yeah. One. Okay, then you had five gallons of pea, three to five, three to five of vermiculite, three to five of compost. Then you mentioned five, put five gallons every spring or fall. Five gallons of compost just to re, you know refresh right. it every. And then what yeah. did you say right after that? It was one cup of something before the lime. Sea kelp. Sea kelp. Yeah. Do you have that? I no. Yeah, I do. It's, this is before. The, well, you had sea kelp uh, sea after kelp. lime when we were talking before. And then uh, either a rock powder or something called azomite, which is a rock too. powder. Yeah. There was one other thing too, though, that I have written down here, and I can't um, can't really tell for sure what it is. It looks like, oh man, I don't know. I hate to even try to pronounce it. No, go ahead. It's it. one cup of like. O-R-G-A-N-F-O-R-T, maybe, or something like that? Oh, yeah, just organic fertilizer, that's all. That's, okay, that's so what you have. That's right. Yeah. Okay, that's Organic fertilizer, yeah. I like to stress the organic part because, um, you know, um, it, it's we have such great quality organic fertilizers available to us that right. it doesn't make sense to use a chemical fertilizer. No. Okay, I won't hold you up anymore then. I know you That's probably right. have a lot of calls coming yeah, in. You're welcome anytime. All right, thank anytime, you. Norm. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Okay, well, oh, well. Yeah, we had, we had a caller, and the caller went away. Um, oh, okay. As I say, just let the phone ring if you're calling us. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> Both the lines are open now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, shall I continue, or do you want a break? We have one final break, and uh, we could do that right now. Oh, wait, wait, let's go to our caller first. Oh, okay, go ahead. We, our callers t take uh, precedence. And uh, good afternoon once again, and your first name in town? Uh, Bob, Waterbury Center. Hey, Bob. What's going cool? yep. on? Uh, uh, rhubarb. What do you use for a fertilizer for rhubarb? Uh, generally, you can use the same the same idea that... that um, just a cup of uh, 
uh, a cup of the uh, organic fertilizer, and then I like to put lots of compost on there. Some people like manure, but I like I prefer the compost myself. That's uh-huh. um, uh, it's not a particularly heavy feeder, but it does need some um, some nitrogen. Uh, and I've actually some years I've completely ignored them, and they you know they still grow 20 inches tall, and the the stems are about two inches you know across. So you know you they're so deep rooted and uh, they're so hardy they're they're almost at that point where they're like a weed like a dandelion so uh, but just as a general rule um, so it would be let's see now I'm not sure how that would measure out Um, is it like a tablespoon per plant or maybe a half cup per plant I'm not sure I I I have to check that but just if you is it in a row or is in a bed uh I got a couple just uh so two a couple of plants yeah okay so when I I was a kid on the farm we used to use the horse manure oh yeah absolutely yeah and uh but don't live I live on the farm, but I don't have no, yeah. no critters. <laughs> no, no critters. So you can you can do just about the same thing by using uh, you know a, a bag of compost and and uh, you know maybe a, say a half a cup of um, of the organic fertilizer per plant. You know per oh. per per plant that would probably do you just fine. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much. Sure, sure. So what do you do with your uh, rhubarb? Well, pies and uh, do some canning. Oh yeah, can you actually can it? Well, uh, jams and I guess that kind of stuff. Oh, good, good. Yeah. This sounds great. We were talking about uh, rhubarb, and I and I I have to apologize. I forgot my recipe for the the rhubarb lace, the dried leather, and I have oh. to make myself a mental note here to to make sure I have that next week. So I'll make sure I have the, the rhubarb leather um, recipe. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. It's good. Oh, it's, thank you very much. Oh, okay. Take care, Bob. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Boy, I, I love rhubarb in every yeah. configuration. <laughs> I've got to try the leather when you bring the recipe in. Yeah. Another caller on the line. Oh, your, okay. Go your ahead. Your first name in town? Good morning. Uh, good afternoon. This is Merv Marshfield. Hey, Merv. How's it going? Uh, you're talking a lot about nitrogen. Yeah. I'm a barber, and I, uh, uh-huh. when I had a garden, I used to put my hair in the garden. Sure. And till it in. Yep. And so much nitrogen that the carrots, the hair, hair <laughs> roots on the carrots would come out as big as my little finger. <laughs> well, um... There are plants you can plant to, that will absorb nitrogen better than anything else, and then it'll, most of your squash plants will absorb a huge amount of nitrogen. You can plant a, a squash plant in a, in a pile of manure, and it thrives. Well, and, I, uh, I'm alone now. My wife died, mm-hmm. and I don't have a garden, so I'm not concerned about growing anything, but uh, <laughs> I... I just thought I'd throw that out, not to put too much nitrogen in it. <laughs> too much of a good thing. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, there, there definitely is. Uh, there is such a thing as is too much of a good thing for sure. 
But in in that case, you know, you grow a few things that that really love the nitrogen, and they'll absorb it pretty quickly. Yeah. So you can go out and and uh, throw some zucchinis out there, or some pumpkins, you know. <laughs> well, I, I'm not growing anything anymore. I yeah. give up on it. Yeah. Well, it's uh, you're still it's uh, it's uh, I appreciate your tip and letting us know, and. Uh, Appreciate you listening, Merv. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you. Our lines are open, and we'll take our final break right now. And I do want to mention that uh, our esteemed sponsors are, and underwriters are those that make this program possible each week. So if uh, you're out and about and you stop in at uh, one of the places you hear here on In the Garden, just, uh, boy, we appreciate you mentioning that you heard it on the In the Garden program on WDEV, and we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, this is Lisa from Grow Compost of Vermont. I'm dreaming of peas and radishes, flowers, and fresh tomatoes. Spring has arrived, and Grow Compost is here to nourish your organic garden. Pick some up or call to schedule a delivery today. Contact us to arrange food scrap pickup service for your business or organization. Find us on Route 2 in Moortown or contact us at growcompost.com. Grow Compost, exceptional local soil. Where do you find beautiful locally grown plants? At Montpelier Agway, of course. Their nursery is full of locally grown annuals, perennials, vegetables, herbs, and hanging baskets. Get three-inch perennials, six for $22. Six-pack annuals, six for $18. And four-inch annuals, six for $30. They also have a large selection of three-gallon blueberries, just $39.99. Montpelier Agway, locally owned. Route 2, Montpelier. Brands you trust, and don't forget Mother's Day next week. Uh, she loves those hanging baskets, let me tell you. And a great selection at uh, Montpelier Agway. We have, uh, Peter, we have another caller on the line. Okay. Your first name in town, please. Oh, I was calling. I was trying to get a hold of Anson Tebbets. Oh, <laughs> well, at the uh, Department of Agriculture during the week, <laughs> but uh, not very rarely here at the uh, radio station uh, at this point. He does host uh, our uh, For the Birds program each yeah, week. But, I tried. Yeah, I tried uh, Google or, you know, check the phone book for the Department of Agriculture. It's got an important job with the state these days. Thank you for calling. <laughs> and uh, Peter, yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure Anson, uh, Anson has got his hands full between the between uh, his uh, his family farm, which uh, still has uh, some activity in it, mm-hmm. and uh, as well as, yep. of course, having to be concerned about every farm in Vermont. Of course, and and of course, the the, the still the uh, the bird. He's not doing for the birds still. Oh, right? oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, right. Oh, That's yeah. his voice on on the. Yeah, red red breasted grosbeaks today. Apparently, mm-hmm. yep, flying yep. around in his they neck are. of the woods. My That's wife. always a thrill when the gross beaks come. You know, you just know. Oh, uh, so uh, just a footnote on the the uh, the tips for lowering uh, soil nitrogen. And so, yeah, squash was one of them. Cabbage, broccoli, and corn all use a large amount of nitrogen. So if that's that seems to be a problem for you. And uh, one of the things that will tip you off is if if your uh, tomatoes are only growing vines but not fruit. If they're not fruiting, you have too much nitrogen in your soil. So, and uh, that's just a footnote on uh, Merv's 
a comment about having too much nitrogen. I've had that soil. one one year with tomatoes. I kind of went overboard, and <laughs> plants started growing. But it's the first time ever I've had big tomato plants and not that many tomatoes. <laughs> well, yeah, I I had the same problem when I tried to grow them in a greenhouse. Apparently, the temperature was so hot in the greenhouse. I, I didn't have enough airflow that that I had these nice big plants, but I had, you know, just a few tomato plants, uh, tomatoes on them. But anyway, um, let's see uh, the the theme that I was uh, working on to start with was planning the garden and keeping a notebook and having a garden plan and a garden map. Garden plan is actually a little different than the garden map. The garden plan is is meant for marking down what the things are that you want to grow. And um, I've said it before and I'll say it again, is that rather than starting with all those beautiful catalogs that you see in January, rather than starting there to, to decide what you want to grow, start with your grocery list. Look and see what it is that you and your family use and and like and and uh, that's really where you want to start your 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 garden plan is with the list of those veggies that you know your family likes. Um, for instance, uh, you know I always grow um, Swiss chard. At least I did for a long time, and my wife finally said, "You know, hun, I don't actually like Swiss chard that much." So <laughs> I started to cut back on the Swiss chard a little bit and now we just we only freeze it you know we don't actually use it too much in in a day to day <laughs> even though it is one of the simply the most productive plant you can grow in your garden I'm notorious for wanting to see what something looks like mm -hmm. when it grows and nobody in the family <laughs> wanting to eat any of it so For that's me, why I suggest the grocery list to start with rather you know, than the catalog. Well, the thing is, I like kohlrabi, but I could find, <laughs> no, not to say, you know, the least, the least of all, nobody in my family, but nobody on, in the, on the whole street wanted my extra kohlrabis, you know. <laughs> I, I always liked the way they looked when they were growing, uh, like little little space creatures. No, really, absolutely. Yeah, they, they are definitely right from outer space, no question about it. <laughs> uh, they're, they're delicious, and I was at an OFA conference down in Worcester, Mass. Uh, oh, last year, and there's a fellow there who was a, a market farmer, you know, and he was cutting up kohlrabi and passing it around, you know, just so people would see how wonderful it was, how delicious it was. I, I have to say, I was surprised. It was, it was, it was good. <laughs> my, my grandparents' generation, uh, on, and when they lived in rural Jersey on mm -hmm. their farm, everybody yeah. grew kohlrabi. Is that right? And uh, it was a kind of a, well, my, my grandparents are Czechoslovakian, and they uh, were Polish and other mm -hmm. Slavic people from, from all, and apparently everybody had these great recipes for stews, and kohlrabi it was always part of the stews. I developed a great a taste for it, but boy, I tell you, yeah. the, yeah. the current generation, the people ask, what is it? <laughs> So you were an army of one in that case, right? Exactly, but I shouldn't have like grown three rows of them. <laughs> that, yeah, right. You could have had five or six, and that would have been more than enough. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's that's the idea behind the garden plant is to sit down and figure out what it is you actually want, you know. And and then the garden map is okay. So we're gonna have six uh, kohlrabi's. 
how you know how much room do I need for those and and so we work back and forth between the garden you know list of plants and the garden map you know you don't go in and buy a lot more than you really have space for so you know I I, I uh, talked to a fellow um, a new gardener and he said that he had he had gotten a hundred tomato plants and I almost fell over because a hundred tomato plants, my gosh, I, I don't usually, you know, grow that many myself. And I've got 50, you know, four by four beds. So um, I, I just try to um, uh, suggest that people, if they're starting a garden, to start small and start with, a, you know, a, 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 you know, maybe half a dozen, you know, tomato plants and, and see how it goes. Of course, my favorites are... And and I grow um, I grow a, a four four foot trellis of um, cherry tomatoes, a four foot trellis of of um, uh, three different varieties. You know the red, the orange. You know the sun golds are so sweet, and then a yellow, and that's just of course for color in a salad. I, it's always fun to chop those up with when the cucumbers come in and have this beautiful looking salad. Um, but even then, you know, it's just six plants on a four-foot uh, trellis, you know, so you're buying a six-pack of one, a six-pack of the other, a six-pack of, of the, the other. So you've got the red and the yellow and the orange. And that's a, a good way to start out rather than start out with, uh, you know, thinking you're going to uh, grow 100, 100 tomatoes. You'll get overwhelmed quickly, and I don't want anybody to get discouraged. Now, if you're growing 100 tomatoes, you know, and you know that's what you want, well, you know, more power to you. That's great. And I'll frequently take a whole 4x4 uh, four four bed, and I grow 16, um, you know, 16 plants. And I, I like that Jekt Star, like um, uh, Ed, you know, suggested. And then I do this uh, really nice German brandy wine, all yellow with a red heart in it. And that's a tomato that's just worth, you know, you die for. That's You, you just wait for that day to have a, a mayonnaise and tomato sandwich, <laughs> you know. But anyway, um, that's a good place to start if, you, um, if you're just starting a garden is start with your, uh, with your uh, grocery list. And then, you know, start to figure out where you're going to put them. And uh, the raised beds really helps with that because you can, you know, you can see right where everything's going to go on your garden plan. And uh, let's see. Um, the other thing, well, I guess we'll just sort of, we'll just hit on this a little bit um, because next week I want to talk about uh, succession planting. And the idea between succession planting, and I'm thinking specifically of, of salad success, is to, is to grow a little bit and to plant a little bit so that you have a fresh salad every day from, from May through, through September. You know, and that's, that is a challenge because uh, a lot of us think kind of like a farmer, you know, we're going to plant 50 heads of lettuce and, and that should last us for the whole season, but it's not because uh, once those heads of lettuce start to mature, they're going to bolt. And once they bolt, they're done. You're you're finished. Nobody likes bitter lettuce. So the idea between that we're we're going to go into next week will be a, a succession planting, um, and both the salads and and other things as well. Is that something you do, Joan? Yep, uh, for the most part, yes. Yeah. yeah. 
you know, that's the way to, to have nice, uh, and, and it's so satisfying is to go out in the garden and, and pick a little bit of this, and I'll go around, and uh, that bib lettuce I just love is so tender and, and sweet. I'll go pick uh, three or four leaves around that, and then around the leaf lettuce, I'll pick some of that, and I have some oak leaf lettuce. I'll, I'll pick a few of those, and then I have a little bit of the the uh, perpetual spinach, the, the sweet Swiss chard that that's just like spinach and then if I have spinach I'll do a little bit of that and so by the time you get into the into the um, uh, back into the kitchen you have this you know, bowl full of just wonderful uh, selection of different greens and different textures. Yeah I've been growing the lettuce uh, in the containers on the mm -hmm. back deck to mm -hmm. keep the bunnies away from it in the actual garden but don't forget the radishes I picked the radishes yes. at the same time yep. and, and uh, the best solution I've determined as to what radish to buy mm -hmm. is to buy and I think a number of companies have them um, and I just buy a, a, a uh, the, uh, the the seed pack of mixed radish. Oh, the mixed one, yeah. And there's there's one white white radish in there. Mm -hmm. Boy, that is hotter than the hottest horse uh, horseradish. <laughs> and, and you know what's what's ironic and I don't about know that? Which one it it's is. called the icicle. Is it really? Yeah. Is that the one? Okay. <laughs> That's the icicle. Yeah. Oh, man, made my eyes cross. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and there's nothing icy about it. It should be called the red hot, except that it's white. <laughs> But it's a good variety. Most of the, at least the ones I've been buying yeah. that you know, and, yeah. and so and they yeah. come up at slightly different times. So you, your, you know, your season is extended. Well, that's a good idea. The good idea is just use the mix, and and that way you sort of you have that succession planting all all you know already built into it because they're coming up at different rates. And um, so we'll um, uh, we'll address that next week, and um, then just to wrap up. Uh, is it about that time, Joel? Oh, we got about uh, two minutes. Oh, okay. oh, wait a sec. We have another caller. Oh, okay. And great. we'll extend a few minutes uh, always okay. for, for right. in the interest of our callers. So your first name in town, please? Uh, Brenda from Huntington. Brenda, welcome. Hi. Um, speaking of hot uh, vegetables, mm -hmm. I wanted to extol the properties of arugula. Oh, yeah. And um, I years and years ago, I, you know, I bought a packet of arugula seeds, and mm -hmm. I grew them and I let a certain number of the plants go completely to seed mm -hmm. yep. and then I harvested the seeds mm -hmm. and uh, I have a little jar of them and some probably some of those seeds have been sitting around for you know three four years yep. and I put them in the ground and I swear that they within four days four days yep. picking up absolutely through the ground and you just never have to buy any more arugula seeds. Yeah, it's it's amazing it's, it's one of the hardiest fastest growing things it's it's sort of like a radish, except even better. And you'll see, um, if you've ever tried mustard, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Mustard will grow very quick, and it, it sometimes is, is nice and hot. Yes, and, yes, and I have a, that sort of growing wild, yeah. so I have to kind of keep under control. The, the, yeah. yeah, that's the be yeah, right. The beauty of a fast-growing... part of those kind of vegetables. Is they're <laughs> so easy, or they're already planted for you, so... <laughs> they're like weeds. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so how do you, you mostly just eat your arugula in uh, in a salad, in or do you salads, cook it? And yeah. I find that you know because of the heat, you can I kind of crush them a little bit, mm -hmm. sort of treat them roughly when I'm tossing yep. the salad and adding, you know, uh, balsamic vinegar sure. to deaden the heat a little bit, and they're delicious with uh, tomatoes and uh, mm. feta cheese. You're talking my language right there. there <laughs> okay, <laughs> and, and uh, some uh, Greek olives too. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. 
Nice talking to you. All right. Okay, thanks, for, thanks for the note, Brenda. I appreciate the call. <laughs> so to wrap up on the um, on the notebook, right? If you don't have a notebook, just get a, you know, just something real simple, just a spiral bound or something. And try to keep track of where, uh, especially your coal plants, because they're uh, one of the more vulnerable to um, to pests and diseases that are passed on through the soil from from season to season. So you want to you want to in rotation, soil rotation, you want to um, generally go three years before you replant. So I'll you know I'll uh, plant a, a broccoli, um, and then I'll come in and plant my uh, bush beans, and then, uh, you know, some of my lettuces, and then I'll plant a carrot, and then I feel as comfortable after that that I can go ahead and, and plant uh, my cabbages or my Brussels sprouts or whatever. And, uh, I, you know, it's been especially important to me because I have um, this, um, you know, the root maggot, and and that that is a uh, is really disconcerting when in after you plant your sets, you know, you watch them sort of fall over, <laughs> and, then, and then you dig them up and you just see these little white worms in the in the root ball. So that's it's real important to go ahead and um, and pay attention to that. And that's if nothing else, that's the uh, very good reason to keep a uh, a notebook on your garden. Okay, buddy. Well, we uh, thank you, Peter, yeah. and we invite our listeners to join us again uh, next Saturday, once again, from 12.30 to 1.30 oh. in the garden. Yeah, and let me mention, right, Yeah, it's on the website, there's a podcast, if you weren't able to listen or you want to listen to it again, it's right there on uh, RadioVermont.com. Yeah, WDEV Radio. WDEV Radio.com. Yep. Yeah, there you go. We'll be there. And, uh, and uh, lots of great information on uh, Peter's own website, which is mm-hmm. TheDailyGardener.com. Yep. And we'll see you next week here on the stations of Radio Vermont. <laughs>
on compost, soils, mulches, expert gardening advice on Route 2 in Moortown, growcompost.com. PNR Lumber, your complete local lumber store on Route 15 in Walker. They'll show you how to build those raised beds. They've got all the spruce you need. Menards Agway, your yard, garden, and pet place, Brooklyn Street, Morrisville. By Blossom Cottage Florist and Taste of the North. Top quality flower arrangements and more on Route 302 in Barry. Check them online at tasteofthenorth.com. By Linda's Apparel, bursting with vibrant colors, stylish accessories, sparkling jewelry, and the most captivating collections of ladies' fashions around. They're on Main Street in Virgins. By Jail Branch Greenhouse, perennials, annual soils, and terrific selection. Check them out on Route 302 in Barry. And your locally owned Agway store, seeds, feeds, and a whole lot more. Route 2 in Montpelier. In the Garden on WDEV.